53 degrees. That's the high, that's the high temperature for tomorrow. Oh my gosh, that's like real cold weather, right? I mean, if the if the high is 53, uh, I should save that for the weather report. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I get distracted. You know how I am. Uh, speaking of distractions, uh, before we get into the topic of uh, the, the the specific impact uh, of the pandemic layoffs and firings and furloughs and job loss uh, on different age categories. Uh, Let me just quickly tidy up something from the segment prior. I got a text message, which uh, I think deserves a response. It says, Lee, could you explain electioneering and give some examples? Uh, It could, uh, I feel it could be a problem this election year. That comes from uh, a texter. So let me just take a moment and uh, share with you, and this is coming straight from Utah Code. I don't want to get anything wrong, uh, and I want you to know exactly uh, what you can expect. Electioneering uh, has a definition, and it is its legal definition, at least as the state of Utah is concerned, is uh, electioneering includes any oral, printed, or written attempt to persuade persons to refrain from voting or to vote uh, for or vote against any candidate or issue. So that's essentially campaigning. But uh, electioneering uh, specifically uh, in this sense uh, is being referred to as it taking place near a polling place. And polling place, as defined by Utah Code, means the physical place where ballots and absentee ballots are cast and includes the clerk's office, the county clerk's office, or city hall during the period in which absentee ballots may be cast. So there are definitions. And now this is what's important to you because uh, you, you want to know uh, what is either inbounds or out of bounds for yourself uh, or if you should observe uh, you know, such violation of the law, uh, then you, know, you may want to see something, you say something. So let me read to you here some of the prohibited practices. Uh, a person may not, within a polling place or any public area within 150 feet of the building where a polling place is located, one, do any electioneering. So you can't campaign within 150 feet of a polling place. Two, circulate cards or handbills of any kind. Three, solicit signatures of any kind of petition. Or four, engage in any practice that interferes with the freedom of voters to vote or disrupts the administration of the polling place. It continues, a person may not obstruct, a person may not obstruct the doors or entries to a building in which a polling place is located or prevent free access to and from any polling place. A sheriff, a deputy sheriff, or municipal law enforcement officer shall prevent the obstruction of the entrance to a polling place and may arrest any person creating an obstruction. This one is less likely, and I I, uh, am having a difficult time thinking back on any instance where I have observed that uh, taking place in the past where, say, the entrance to a polling location uh, was obstructed. What I have seen and what I have seen tested is some of the electioneering or campaigning within within the 150 feet of the building where the polling place is located. So keep an eye out for that type of stuff. Uh, Don't participate in it uh, yourself because, well, you don't have the law on your side. You can't be doing any campaigning. You can't be circulating cards or handbills. You can't solicit uh, any signatures, and you can't engage in any practice that interferes with the freedom of voters to vote or disrupts the administration of the polling place. So there you go, Texter. Uh, that's electioneering. How'd I do? You feel like you're up to speed now and we're all aware of what can and can't take place at the polling locations? All right, very good. Uh, i got a few minutes here before we go to break, and we're going to speak in a moment with uh, an economist with the state of Utah, specifically the Department of Workforce Services, uh, because of uh, some data I came across just yesterday. 
Uh, the Associated Press covered this pretty thoroughly, and the headline reads, Older Workers Face Higher Unemployment Amid Virus Pandemic. Older Workers Face Higher Unemployment Amid uh, Virus Pandemic. Uh, and this is something that is demonstrating itself for the first time in nearly 50 years, where older workers face higher unemployment than their mid-career counterparts. This is according to uh, a study released just yesterday uh, by a university in New York City. Researchers have found that during the course of the pandemic thus far, workers 55 and older lost jobs sooner, were rehired slower, and continue to face higher job losses uh, than their younger counterparts. This is, as I mentioned, uh, nearly 50 years. It hasn't been this way since 1973 that there has been such a severe unemployment gap that has persisted for six months or longer, and that's what we're seeing now. The AARP uh, weighed in and said that the study bolstered concerns about the economic impact of the virus on older workers. The Associated Press continues its coverage and says that when people over 50 lose their jobs, it typically takes them twice as long to find work as it does for younger workers. Uh, And so what does that mean? Where does that leave us? Uh, What can be done about it? Well, uh, the truth is uh, there is a little bit of hurry up and wait and get creative. You know, I there is no single answer. There is no quick fix. There is certainly no quick fix. You know, we don't have magic wands. What we do have uh, is the guidance of health officials and the way that these uh, jobs return or the way that revenue returns to certain workplaces that have had to lay off anyone regardless of age uh, is to get this virus behind us, to get this virus behind us. Ivanka Trump, if you remember, uh, a few months back had uh, tried to tackle this issue. And I uh, the website uh, eludes me. I'll, I'll look it up and share it with you coming back after the break here in a moment. But there uh, is this reality that some industry uh, has been impacted and damaged so severely that it won't return. Some of these jobs, even if, uh, you know, revenue returns uh, and even if, you know, the pandemic becomes something of a, a distant ancient memory, some of these jobs will simply not return. And it will be left to uh, those of us who find us find ourselves unemployed again, regardless of age, uh, maybe uh, starting over fresh. And maybe uh, accepting that and looking for opportunities to apply the skills you have today to a, a career which awaits you tomorrow uh, may be the best advice to give anyone regardless of age, uh, but in this case particularly those uh, 55 and older who, as the data shows, have lost their jobs sooner were rehired slower and continue to face higher job losses than their counterparts. Uh, it's an unfortunate reality, uh, but uh, reality nonetheless. Uh, we'll get through it. We're going to speak next uh, about the economic impacts of these realities and what the situation looks like here in the state of Utah with Mark Nold, chief economist with the Utah Department of Workforce Services. My guest next on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the program. Emily Lonsberry, 151 is the KSL News Time, and I am grateful to Mark Nold. He is the chief economist with the Utah Department of Workforce Services. He's been a guest many times here on the program, and when I have questions about employment and uh, the economy here in Utah and where uh, those two uh, areas intersect, uh, he is always generous with his time and his expertise and his knowledge, uh, and I again welcome him to the program. Uh, Mark, sir, how are you? 
I'm fine, Lee. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, I'm not sure if you were able to hear my discussion in the segment prior, but we talked about some findings uh, chronicled in the Associated Press, the headline being older workers facing higher unemployment amid the virus pandemic. In fact, it points out that uh, at least nationwide, uh, for the first time in nearly 50 years, older workers are facing higher unemployment uh, than their counterparts, their younger counterparts. And, and I'd first just like to ask you, are, are we seeing or have you observed anything similar here in the state of Utah? Uh, understanding, of course, that we here in Utah, uh, we do things a little bit differently. And we have yeah, uh, we- been a little more resilient uh, in terms of our employment numbers than has the rest of the country. And so I, I expect there are likely some anomalies in this regard. Sure, there is. Um, no, I would not give that kind of headline to the state of Utah. Of course, again, we're different than the nation. The nation has an older labor force than we do here in the state of Utah. So I, I think you can end up with some higher unemployment rates at a national level for older workers than you would get here just because of a larger segmentation of the labor force. But here in Utah, um, again, we're a very young labor force. Um, one thing I can look at and break down is people who have come in and filed for unemployment claims. Um, as And we can break that down in age groupings. And those 55 and older are only 16% of those who have filed for unemployment claims here in the state of Utah. The highest segment is the 25 to 34-year-olds at 28%, um, bookended on either side by um, 20% for those 25 and under or 35 to 44. So the older workers, and I assume 55 and older is what they were looking at in that article, is only about 16% of all the people who have filed for unemployment claims here in Utah. In, in terms of the numbers and the percentages, that is a, that's an even more remarkable disparity uh, when compared to national trends than even our raw unemployment number. That That's that's fantastic. Yeah, it, it is a, a, a large segment or um, disparity. Sometimes it boils down to the headlines and how the reporters or the, the, the editors do the headline in relation to the information inside the article. They may be saying that um, older workers, the ones that do lose their jobs, may feel that it's harder or may have a harder time thinking about getting a job or um, their attitude toward getting another job, I think that's very natural. I think even in the best of economies, older workers have a harder time getting reemployed. Um, I don't want to say there's age discrimination. I think there's age trepidation mm. in hiring because you think about it, if you're an employer and you have you know, multiple candidates who come to you for hiring um, and you're looking long term in terms of hiring and so on, uh, you could say maybe somebody 30 or 40 year old looks a lot more attractive than someone 55 because you can you're going to invest in that worker. They can stay with you longer. Somebody older, I can invest in you also. But, you know, what do you have for me? Five years, eight years versus 18 to 25 years. So you can see that kind of um, trepidation in possible hiring practices. Sure. And there may even, and this is, you know, in reality outside of even the COVID era, uh, you know, kind of matters a bottom line where someone uh, 55 compared to someone, say, 10 or 20 years younger, maybe further along in their career otherwise, uh, may have enjoyed a higher salary and comes to a, a new employment circumstance with, uh, you know, with a larger demand in terms of compensation. And you can, someone, you know, earlier in their career, uh, you pay them uh, a bit less. L- let me let me get back to the the percentage breakdown of those who are soliciting unemployment uh, uh, 
coverage uh, from from your office. How how does the percentage breakdown that we are seeing right now in this COVID era, I'll call it, compare to to say prior years and prior experiences? Is it a similar breakdown, or, or there have there been things that surprised you? Um, it's close to similar, but this would um, the current environment would actually lean a little bit more towards more younger people coming in and filing than their percentages might do in normal times just because of the industries that being hit the hardest. Uh, the number one industry that's hit the hardest here is the leisure and hospitality industry, and I'm going to define that as um, recreation, entertainment-centered businesses, restaurants, and hotels. Now, 38% of those jobs are held by people age 25 and below Whereas across the whole economy, 25-year-olds and below hold only 19% of all the Utah jobs. So the industry that lost at least half of all the jobs here in the COVID environment and is still the one that is the most job setback impacted is dominated by very young workers. And so that disproportionately will put more young workers into the unemployment claims category than you would probably see in normal years. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, certainly the nature of the job, if there's a concentration of that, and all of a sudden that industry, whammo-blammo, is history. Well, uh, you know the, the, the commonalities among those who occupied those jobs uh, is certainly going to make itself uh, apparent. Let me ask you uh, th- this question. There, you, You've been at this job for, for some decades now. I don't want to give away your age, but, uh, but you know what you're doing. You've been at it for some time. Is there anything, is there anything uh, that just caught you completely off guard, some uh, fact or figure or happening, uh, you know, from your perspective that the COVID pandemic here has brought on that just you you never expected? Speed, speed in terms of how it just took the economy from um, 60 to zero in no time. Um, We've been 10 years on this side of the Great Recession. We were talking about this is the longest economic recovery on history. The hardest part for us is, you know, things come to an end, but we couldn't see some sign of an internal economic problem that was going to jump up and shut down the economy. Like, for example, back in the Great Recession, it was overpriced housing, maybe overbuilt housing, you know, the subprime lending, lending and so on. We couldn't find anything that was going to knock the Utah and or the U.S. economy off of track. And overnight, boom, an external shock hits us. It's a, in the form of a pandemic, and it took the economy from 60 to zero in a matter of just two to three weeks. I've never seen anything happen that quickly, so that was the real shock. Last question. Do you think we can uh, recover just as quickly? Um, we are recovering quicker than um, what we've seen with the Great Recession, whereas we lost jobs in the Great Recession. It took about five years just to get back to zero. And what I mean by that is the same amount of jobs as you had before the Great Recession hit. We're almost there right now in Utah. I'd say by the end of the year or the early part of January, we will get back to zero or neutrality. So, We've come back quick. It's, you know, most of the job losses were just the government saying, stop doing things. When the government opened the door back up, a lot of it came right back immediately. Now we have the lingering, yes, the leisure and hospitality and a little bit in education and so on. But the thing that's different here is there wasn't anything corrupt inside of the economy before 
pandemic hit that uh. needs to work its way out of the economy yet. It was a healthy patient. You told it to go idle, and you kind of have a healthy patient just, you know, reviving itself. And um, the lingering spot, again, leisure and hospitality sure. and a couple other areas. But you just didn't have a problem leading into this thing. Fascinating perspective. Mark Nold, chief economist with the Utah Department of Workforce Services. My guest, sir, thanks again for your time and your expertise. Sure, Lee. My pleasure. All righty. Right, quick break. And when we return, I want to talk to you about uh, presidents reaching across the aisle to fill cabinet positions. Yeah, I'll explain it all next and how that has happened Time after time in history. That's coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.